Welcome to Unchained TV, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and the founder of the Unchained TV free streaming network, Jane Velez Mitchell. You're about to hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your health, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. I am so, so totally excited to be here with three of my heroes. These women are cooking their way to planetary salvation. I kid you not, because uh, I have to just tell you, the New York Times just published a study that is so extraordinary. And here's what it says. It says that Researchers examined the diets of 55,500 people and found that vegans are responsible for 75% less in greenhouse gases than meat eaters. This is the New York Times just the other day. Vegans are responsible for 75% less in greenhouse gas emissions. So because we're all suffering right now from a climate crisis, because we're all uh, sweltering, It's in our own self-interest to look at these possibilities. And since the New York Times referenced put down that hamburger, I think we should start with Laura Crotty. Laura, you just did a great vegan hamburger recipe for us. Tell us about your approach, because your approach, I think, is great for people who I would call non-vegans or pre-vegans. You are very gentle and very mainstream. I am. I believe in inclusivity. So um, people that aren't vegans are my targets. Uh, the diet doesn't work for everybody for whatever reasons. I'm, I'm, my approach is totally non-judgmental in my experience is these types of foods changed my life um, very profoundly. And um, I want to share my knowledge as a culinary professional, as a cookbook writer. Um, you know, these foods are truly delicious and they can make you feel so much better. So I want to try to destigmatize, um, you know, the granola eating kind of bland brown foods of yesteryear and bring it into the mainstream and embrace as many people with this in a, in a approachable way, because that, that was my journey. Um, I just had a lot of great people that kind of took my hand and, and introduced these foods to me. So I'm very happy to share, uh, health and, and wellness by incorporating these foods, not being extreme about it. So I, I yeah, guess you're and fresh. <laughs> you really have a very gentle approach. Your show is called Vintage Veg. Let's take a look. Welcome to the Vintage Veg. I'm your host, Laura Crotty. We're going on a vintage journey, exploring our favorite nostalgic foods and veganizing them. Thanks to a booming U.S. soybean industry and the rise of counterculture's interest in vegetarianism, tofu's popularity exploded. Tofu comes in a variety of textures, including extra soft, softer silken, firm, or extra firm. Here's the tofu. We're going to just ground this up and get ready for it. It's a great filler. It has a great bite, a great flavor to it, and the seaweed adds a smokiness and just a dimensional flavor that I love. I love this combination. Here's what you'll need for your dojo burger. Just to finish them off, give them a little bit of crisp. This is a 
It's a big burger, so here goes. Wow. I really love the way the seaweed gives it a smoky flavor and the tofu has a light, just a light bite. And when you fry it, it has a crispness to it. Oh my gosh, my mouth is watering. So you really, really, Laura, you don't hammer people over the head. And I think there's really something very wise about your approach. Um, what's the reaction been to your approach? And I know you also have a cookbook. You know, overall, I'd say super positive. Um, from a micro level, I have a neighbor who is um, not well, and I cooked for him for a long time, and he's a meat and potatoes eater. And he actually owned, ran a pub for, for decades, and he didn't know the food was vegan. And to this day, he kind of talks about the food that I make and, and shares it with friends, and it's just kind of trickled out into the community here out here in Seattle. Um, and, you know, I've, I've worked with some really super talented people like Tom Douglas, who wrote the introduction to my cookbook, and I'm forever grateful to him for that. But really, I think people are more curious. I think they get caught up in, in the busyness of their lives, and they put this kind of food in a box and think of it in a way that really isn't um, accurate. And I like to try to show people that it, it really is as easy as upping the vegetables in your on your plate in your kitchen. Um, whether you do desserts like I did with a cookbook or you kind of get in through mocking your favorite meals with, with food, however you enter into it, uh, it pretty much is gonna guarantee you improving your health. And, and I think that's well received on any level with, with any type of background where, where people are coming from with food and their orientation into improving their health in their life. Uh, it's absolutely true. Now we're going to go to a totally different perspective. Dorit, and she goes by one name, Dorit. Uh, she uh, is, though, Dorit Dykes, uh, the uncooking show host on Unchained TV, and her approach is completely raw. So, Dorit, thank you for joining us. You really, I, I really aspire to be completely raw, but it's never happened. I, I'm completely raw for maybe 45 seconds. So uh, what I want to do is show your incredible approach, and then we're going to talk about it. We love celery. Why? Because it's full of so much hydration and so much natural sodium. And we use it in the in the raw vegan community in the place of salt. If you look at the recipes in my book, there's a whole section of sauces, dressings, and dips. And so we're going to be juicing today, cutting with a ceramic knife, of course. Yay! Our audience knows what it is. Place it into the juicer here. Liquefy it. While that's happening, I can leave it alone and I can start feeding it with some more. Now I'm going to show you the vegan caviar, as well as known as finger lime. Watch when I cut it. This is really miraculous. I'm going to just squeeze it. Do you see the caviar coming up? And you use that in your recipes. There is no other taste like this. It is electrifying. I'm going to put two of them in there. Here goes. Aha! Goodbye and thank you, thank you, thank you. These are mushrooms <laughs> oh Dorit, tell us how you got there because you are 
the uncooking show, raw, raw, raw. Yes. So I realized that most people are addicted to cooked foods. And because of that, I realized that I had to come up with a way to create the exact same recipes that they love, the gourmet recipes that are based on slaughterhouse cuisine or that are based on uh, ready-made foods, meals, and make it in such a way that it would entice them. And so I do this because I, I see with working with, with my clients that what we eat says a lot about how we value the me other members of the society in which we live. How we eat says a lot about how we value ourselves. When we eat says a lot about how we value our biology. And that is my focus, to change our biology to one where we're always vibrant and vital and we're never exhausted, tired, and depleted. Wow. Uh, absolutely fantastic. We love you, Dorit. You are really an inspiration. Like I said, I would love to be raw. Not quite there yet. All right. We're going to go now to the one and only Jamie Logan of Jamie's Corner. Your approach is completely different. It's a very wild, not raw in a food sense, but raw in kind of a, a stylistic sense. Let's check out your show, and then we will discuss on the other side. Absolutely just fascinating how you try to convert people and take them to a vegan lifestyle. Today, we are here at the Vegas Vegan Culinary School and Eatery, and we are with Heather Heath, the owner, and executive chef Sharice Wilson, and they're going to be teaching us how to make chicken fettuccine Alfredo with our chicken bites. Mm, music to my ears, Bobby. We're going to be doing a raw version with some zucchini, and we're also going to be doing a pasta version. So here we go. I'm excited. We're going to start with the chicken bites. It does come pre-seasoned like you guys do, but we're going to add a little bit extra seasoning. It's all about the seasoning. Yes, all about the seasoning, right? So we're going to add in just a basic poultry blend that has thyme, sage, marjoram, rosemary, black pepper, and nutmeg in this one. And then we're going to add in a little bit extra salt. And then also we're going to do a little bit of garlic and onion powder just to give it a little pop of flavor. There you go. Jamie Logan, what is your approach? Uh, you're muted. There we go. Well, first of all, I wanted to just say what the hell is up. That's, you know, kind of my go-to intro line. I love that you pulled this episode. This was a really fun little clip from when my friend Bobby and I filmed at the Vegas Vegan Culinary School and Kitchen. So that was really, really fun. And I would say my approach is different day to day. Like I want to try as many forms of activism and ways of reaching people. And I think as vegans, I think we just need to look at what's creating impact, what's effective, and then adjust our actions accordingly. Well, I mean, we're in the midst of a climate crisis. Uh, you don't need me to tell you that. All you need to do is walk outside. Uh, I heard that uh, the over overwhelming 
a percentage of states are suffering 90 plus degrees in Phoenix. It's 110 degrees for days running. We are clearly in the midst of a climate apocalypse and it's only going to get worse. And there is this one simple solution. If people were to transition from meat burgers to veggie burgers, from real chicken wings to the kind of wings that uh, don't cause climate change, that have a 75% lower impact, according to a new study, um, that solves it. It's a very easy fix. We could literally begin to start reversing climate change today because it would be in the hands of people who are making a decision about it three times a day. And yet most people think, well, no, I have no power. I have to wait for government or big corporations to make this change. And so we have disempowered 8 billion humans who could start solving this problem instantly. I I'd want to get your thought on that, Jamie. Uh, yeah, this is an emergency, and I, I think that we need to try anything and everything that we can to wake people up. And part of one of the ways that we can do that is by showing people amazing plant-based recipes and explaining to them that you're not sacrificing anything from taste, texture, flavor. In fact, I've only eaten more of a, of a variety of foods. I've only been more open to experimenting and trying new things. Like I think back to when I was eating animal products and I'm like, oh my God, like I literally would just eat like a chicken nugget here and there and like maybe some french fries. Now I'm like, I'm trying some amazing plant-based foods from fruits I've never had to different vegetables to experimenting with different flavors. But I do want to stress that Veganism is not a diet. It is an ethical and moral standpoint against uh, leaving animals off your plate. And so I think that that being said, while we can acknowledge that eating plant-based is you know, one way of, of being vegan, there's also other things that we need to consider from what we're wearing to the products that we're using. And so what I like to do in my activism is I actually go out on the streets and speak to people about these issues. And I'll bring up everything from the environment, Jane, just like what you were talking about. I'll bring up things that have to do with animals and what's happening to them every single year and really taking it topic by topic and trying to be strategic with my approach so we can see victories and so we can see achievements uh, and also just start getting people to unlearn some of these stereotypes that they've been taught their whole entire lives and uh, be more open-minded to living a more sustainable and cruelty-free life. All right, we've got a couple of callers. Uh, let's go to Sarah in Marina Del Rey. Your question or thought for our panel. Hi, I went to the AVA Summit in Los Angeles, Animal Vegan Advocacy Summit, and I saw um, Gen Z or Gen V, and I was kind of confused because I wanted to find out, like, what is Gen V and how do people get involved? Is it for young vegans? Is it for all vegans? Like, what is it a program? So I just kind of wanted to find out, like, what's that program? Thank you. Excellent. Well, you also work for Gen V. Tell us about it, Jamie. 
Yes, definitely. Well, thank you so much for calling and asking. And I'm, I'm sure we passed ways at the AVA Summit. And Generation Vegan is basically an educational company where we put out resources, videos. We do plant-based food drives for people to make the connection and help them go vegan. So I'm currently the U.S. campaign manager at Generation Vegan. And I deal with everything from social media to media in general, uh, to filmmaking, to petitions. And we really are, we specialize in trying to get this message mainstream and reaching celebrities and reaching people in power to create change. So whether that's through petitions, like right now we're working on an Earthshot petition to get uh, Prince William to add a sixth Earthshot category to address how animal-based foods are affecting the climate. And uh, yeah, Generation Vegan is for all vegans. And we have uh, seven-day challenges and 30-day challenges for people to take if they're interested in trying out a plant-based diet. All right, we get another call. Michelle in Los Angeles, your question or thought for our panel. Michelle? I wanted to... Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Hi. I was saying all, all of the three women are so inspirational. I wanted to know if you had advice about um, encouraging family members and close friends without being preachy and encouraging them to be plant-based and become vegan. All right. Let's throw that out to Laura. What's your, what's your strategy? I think, you know, I do think it's true to approach people from where they're coming from and their beliefs. They might have strong beliefs for a variety of deep-seated reasons and um, to, to respect those, those beliefs, but also try to reach, reach them. If you truly feel that they're, they're not well, you, you know, you try to, um, what I do is I, I share something that I know is delicious with them. Food is a way to someone's heart and um, you can really open up someone's mind by just introducing them to a new way of eating. That, that's how I learned and that's how I changed slowly into eating the way I eat today. And you can only give what you can give. You can't force something on someone else, but you can lead by example. If someone sees that you're living a good life and you're balanced and, and doing well in the world and doing good things for people, they latch onto that. It's just a good energy. If you're, if you're coming from a truthful place, people, um, and you really need to help them, you really don't have to do much. They, they, they do listen. And, and I think that's a really you know, strong approach when you're trying to help someone get better or eat better um, in this way or, or change, change their lifestyle. Well, we have to realize we're powerless over people's decisions. We can try to show them another way, a better way. And sometimes we are loud because it's like that show, Don't Look Up, that movie where they're saying an asteroid's coming and everybody's like, chill out. And they're like, no, we're going to die. And they're like, just, you're so strident. That's how we feel sometimes. But it's very strategic to take that calm approach and just give them some really good food. And then they go, hey, this isn't so bad. We've got another caller. We've got uh, Horik in Naples, Florida. Your question for our panel. Hi, Jane. Uh, this is Horik. I wanted to... Um 
thank all of the call, um, um, uh, panelists today. You know, I wanted to make a comment about what Dorit was saying about uh, eating raw food. Um, I applaud you for that. I myself am addicted to cooking cooked food, uh, vegan food. Uh, but I always have wondered, you know, I wonder why is it that of all the animals on, in, on this planet, us human beings are the only ones that we have decided that we're going to cook food. We're not going to eat it raw the way nature provides it. But the only animal, that's us. Then we have decided to indiscriminately eat everything there is, including animals, which obviously is detrimental to our health, in-season products, food, vegetables that are out of season. And something is wrong with that concept that we eat indiscriminately everything in season, out of season. And if, if you look at a tree from the very root to the middle to the topmost branch, there are different species of animals specializing in different parts of the vegetation. And, okay, I guess it's all right for us humans to eat a variety of vegetation, but um, I do applaud you for bringing up the uh, raw food um, uh, method. And um, I myself have found out that the gentle method is working a little bit better on non-vegans because people don't uh, feel attacked. Uh, and when they don't feel attacked, their minds are a little more open to listening. So hopefully um, we can open more and more minds together and as we are doing. So thank you so much for all of you panelists. Thank you so much, Hura. Great points. But let's get to that raw because I totally relate to what she said. It's like, I'd love to be raw, but it lasts like just a few minutes. And then I'm like, oh, I've got to have, you know, boiled potatoes. I've got to have soup. I've got to have, uh, I just, it isn't, a, it, what's wrong with cooked food? Well, first of all, you can have soup many soups on the uncooking show i i create a variety of soups on a cooking on the on cooking show and i take everything that people loved from the cook world and are very addicted to and i bring it into the show to show how you can still create it but with more flavor more taste and all the energy and the enzymes intact easy to do this why not have a papaya for breakfast in the mornings right now this is exactly what we need or have any kind of melon. You don't have to find a Tuscan melon like this one or any kind of mangoes. This is the ultimate fast food. You don't have to make anything when you're wrong. And but, if you want... My question, is, my question is, for those people such as myself who find it very hard to sustain eating raw, why is it that you don't crave, like, French fries or baked potatoes or... Um, you know, all the, all those things that obviously taste better when cooked. Um, well, maybe I just said something that's wrong when I said obviously tastes better when cooked. Actually, you've got all of the tastes in here that you need. But the reason why is because your body is not just accustomed to it, but when we eat cooked food, it's very depleting. It is depleted of everything. If you look as when you're cooking something, you'll see the steam coming out. There goes all your nutrients, say bye-bye to them. So you're always craving them. 
but there are more reasons. You have to detox first. You cannot just go raw. There's a whole process to cleaning up our bodies first because then we have parasites and we have all this candida as a result that you've got to clean out. And they're the ones who are craving the food. They are our guests. And that's the reason why it's so hard that you keep craving the same cooked stuff. Also, when you detox, you actually begin to detox things, not just from yesterday, last week, from years ago. So you find yourself craving things that you ate years ago or when you were a child. That's because... How do you detox? Just quickly, I don't want to make it all about raw, but I'm very curious about this. How do you detox? Fruits. The easiest and quickest way to detox fruits and the most delicious as well and they're very seasonal so uh, our caller before was mentioned why aren't we not eating in season like animals other animals do well when you go this way not only not cooking when it's hot you're not increasing the co2 content and not barbecuing which releases so much heat and so much toxicity in the in the atmosphere but also you're partaking of nature's bounty all of the juices in here this is the structured water the body needs so it has to go gradually some people go overnight but it has to be gradual and you need help you need a coach to take you there because you've got years and years of programming that you now have to overcome wow okay i aspire to detox and go raw but um you know look i think it's it's you've just actually proven to me the importance of getting people to do the process, not demanding an event. Because I know for myself, I could say I'm going to go raw tomorrow, but the chances are I'm just going to incorporate more fruits, at, raw fruits and vegetables in my diet. So we, we are all on a journey. We've got another call, Adina in New York City, your question or thought for our panel. Hi, uh, Hi, Jane and everyone. This has been a really interesting show, and I just wanted to say that I've been vegan about 23 years now, so I'm kind of an elder vegan, (laughs) and I'm really heartened to see Generation Vegan and people like Jamie out there, the younger generation, um, passing on the torch for those of us who have been at it a long time, because I think that's so important. Um, reaching the young people who really are inheriting the earth (laughs) from us, and we are in a crisis, and I think kind of packaging it in a way where it's um, attractive to people and fun and exciting and young, I think is, is really makes me happy to see that. So I just wanted to congratulate everyone, Jamie, Generation Vegan, and everyone doing that work. Yes, and do you have a, a, a question for our panel? I agree with you 100% about Gen V. My question is, what do they see as the most difficult challenge in trying to reach people right now, even though we are in a crisis situation that most people are aware of? How do you get past all the noise and people's little bubble that they live in and comfort zone when there's resistance? What do you think is the most effective way to try to reach people where they're at? I love it. Thank you. Well, we heard from Laura. She takes a, a gentle approach and makes really good food. Um, Dory, what is your approach when you're dealing with intransigent people? I make raw vegan desserts. If you ever have tasted a raw vegan desserts, so many people have gone vegan because of raw vegan desserts. Always. 
introduce raw vegan desserts. When you go to a family meal, don't say anything. Do not at all lecture or anything. Just bring it out, serve it. If you, you know, get a raw pumpkin pie, whatever, and people go nuts over it because the tastes are all there at the strongest forms and the textures and the smells, the, all of the flavors and the perfume of it. And people, that's how most people end up going vegan are through the raw vegan desserts. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's a, it makes me want to go out right now and, <laughs> you all and get a raw vegan dessert. Jamie Logan, what is your approach to meet people where they are? Because I know you do uh, a lot of very interesting things. You don't only uh, do cooking. You have this uh, whole show also on Unchained TV where you go up to people who are not vegan on the street and you basically confront them. <laughs> <laughs> this is yes. called No Nice Way to Die. Tell us about your approach. <laughs> yeah, so I believe that feeding people and giving them yummy, delicious food is one way to advocate, but I don't think that that's going to keep someone vegan in the long run. I think that they need to understand the ethical and moral implications of their actions on animals. Veganism to me is about the ethics of eating animals. And so I try to ask people questions on the street to understand number one, where they're at, but also ask them questions to think through their thought processes surrounding veganism. So that little clip that little image that you just showed i was talking to this one young man about uh, a humane way to kill an animal because he said well i would eat meat you know if it's killed humanely through the halal way so then i asked him i said well what would be a humane way to kill you and that right there <laughs> got him thinking and made him pause and for a second he was like huh i mean i i, I guess a quick slit to the throat and i was like Really? Because I would probably rather electrocution. And then I said, well, actually, well, if we don't have to do either of these ways, then why should we? And so I, I go out on the street and I ask people these questions to, to get them thinking and to also help them realign their, their morals with their actions. And I don't, I don't really let people off the hook. Um, I think that feeding people great food is one way to do it, but I, I, I also think that it's really important to ask some of these thought-provoking questions. So, yeah, and you go into the discomfort zone. Like, yeah. I think all the approaches are important. I really do. I, I really like Laura's attitude of attraction, not promotion. You know, make this beautiful spread and don't say a word. I love Dorit's attitude of of get them desserts. You know, I have a sweet tooth. I always have, um, probably because my parents were macrobiotic when I was growing up and they wouldn't let me have sweets. And I would see the snow cones and the, uh, all these cookies and cakes. And I said, when I grow up, I'm going to just go get a lot of candy. That was my mindset for most of my childhood. So I've always had a sweet tooth. So yes, yeah, sweets are definitely a way to get people to embrace a certain food style, but you're, approach is also very important in the sense that I think all of us have had that moment where people confronted us about some truth. And I'd like to say, in my personal case, only my real friends told me my told me that I had a problem. When mm -hmm. I was a yeah, drinking alcoholic. I just wanted to add something as well yes. about, you know, food is food is primary. We all we all have to eat, but we all are in situations where we're talking about difficult 
subjects on the treatment of animals being paramount in a lot of instances. And I think when that comes up, of course, the best way to handle that is to be educated yourself. Um, so if someone is, is mis, misguided or, or doesn't have the factual information that you've researched yourself, I think it is a great opportunity when you're in that position to, to talk about things that you know about and to share that with people when, when the opportunity presents itself. If it doesn't present itself and you, you feel the need to mention it, I, it, you know, we're, we're all in different situations with different types of people. So yeah, I think it's a combination of um, what we're all talking about. You know, it really depends on the situation that you're in as an individual with, with people when it comes to important issues like animal welfare and, and, um, and, you know, the farming community, it's, it's really hard to, it's hard to, well, Jane, you and I talked about this certain content in my, um, my show. Um, it, it's very, um, it's hidden. It's hidden. You really have to dig to see what's going on. There's a lot of money behind um, things that are being presented in a really pretty shiny way. And what's underneath is really ugly. Um, and I think a lot of people would rather not look at that. They, they have enough on their plate. They don't want to look at that. So how you, how you deal with that as it comes in, it's coming in fast. Sometimes you have to step up and lose a few friends or make, make a moment uncomfortable, of course. It's important. You are absolutely right. We're going to take a short break here. It's so hot, I just had to have some ice. <laughs> we're taking a short break here on Voice America Radio, but we're going to stay live on Unchained TV, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, all over. We're everywhere. Stay right there. We're going to be right back on Voice America Radio. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Get Unchained. Tune in every Wednesday for Unchained TV on the Voice America Variety Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and the founder of the Unchained TV free streaming network, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Unchained TV, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
are listening to Unchained TV. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email in to jane at unchainedtv.com. Now, back to the show. All right, we are talking to three amazing women who are all promoting the plant-based lifestyle in radically different ways. On the left with the avocado is Dorit. She has the uncooking show on Unchained TV. And then in the middle is Laura Crotty, who has vintage veg. And to the right is Jamie Logan with Jamie's Corner. And uh, some of these women have also written books. Uh, we have a really, really incredibly, incredibly talented, we're blessed at Unchained TV to have these brilliant, brilliant um, voices uh, showing up for us and showing, for example, Dorit, she's showing us how to live a raw lifestyle for optimal health. And then we have Laura Crotty. And she takes an approach that says, hey, you can enjoy all your favorite comfort foods and all those desserts and, you know, pecan pie, lemon meringue pie and burgers and all sorts of things. And she just veganizes them. And then we've got Jamie's Corner, I'd say the edgiest of our three hosts today, who does whip up food. But she also goes out there on the street and literally confronts people about their choices and tries to get them to think a different way. By the way, if none of these appeal to you, that's okay. We've also got Top Vegan Cooking Series. This is a new cooking competition series that is uh, streaming right now on Unchained TV. It's very well produced by um, Chad Goodwin out of Columbus. He's a restaurateur and comedian, and I would urge you to watch it. It's super fun. So what are we talking about with these women? We're talking about what is the best approach? Is it, hey, have your comfort foods. It's easy. It's a a very simple way to transition. Is it um, more, you know, go raw, just take that, that really dramatic step? Or is it, hey, this is a really cool hip lifestyle? Because I think one thing that Jamie brings in is that uh, it's cool, it's hip. This is what the cool kids are doing. And if you want to be a cool kid, uh, do that too. So let's talk about that. Because, you know, some people think that veganism is elitist. It's only for people who have a lot of money. Um, That's because the government subsidizes meat and dairy to the tune of many, many billions of dollars with your hard-earned tax dollars. But but it does deservedly have a little bit of a hip reputation, veganism, doesn't it? Absolutely. Oh, my God. I mean, going vegan was the best thing I ever did. I think it's such a cool way of living. I think it's a beautiful way of living because you're being kind and compassionate and you are able to live your values in your every single day life. So, yeah, oh. I like to show different restaurants that I go to with amazing plant-based food. You'll find everything from vegan sushi to tacos, burritos. I like to also show people some amazing vegan makeup products and skincare lines that are cruelty-free and vegan. I try to also show people just like how how easy it can be to be vegan, how it's not difficult, and how it can be really budget-friendly as well uh, on a plant-based diet. I went vegan when I was in college and didn't you know really have too much money to spend and uh it's been pretty pretty easy 
Yeah, I mean, it is easy. You know, again, I very much liken it to my journey to sobriety. I'm very open about the fact that I'm 28 years sober. And back in my disease, uh, you could talk to me till I was blue in the face. I wasn't going to hear you. Then, you know, it became fun with problems. It started out as fun. Then it became very quickly fun with problems. Then it ended up being just problems. And I think that's the truth of what's happening with animal agriculture. You know, um, it may have been the diet of kings and most of the peasantry was eating a primarily plant-based diet. And then we have industrialization and suddenly everybody's eating the diet of kings. But what's happening? We're, we're having horrible health impact as a result of a fast food diet, which is primarily a meat and dairy laden diet. So two thirds of Americans are overweight or obese. It is causing everybody's healthcare costs to skyrocket. So if you're one of those people who say, I'd like to pay fewer taxes. Well, if we prevented a lot of the diseases that are the result of a fast food diet, which is packed with sugar, salt, and fat, the very things that can bring on obesity, the very things that nature instructed us to crave to get through times of famine, but we're not in times of famine for the most part here in the United States anymore. We are in times of overconsumption of calories. Uh, and so the way to deal with that is to eat a whole food plant diet. But I want to go back to Laura Crotty on this. People, people say, well, I could never, what do you eat grass? And then you <laughs> say, well, no, we're going to show you, you can make burgers. You can make like your recipe burgers. You can make um, wings with soy and with these other uh, proteins. And then they go, it's processed. So they try to put you in a no win situation. And that's not fair either because the option to just eat Raw fruits and vegetables is always there, as Dorit has shown us. The option to eat cooked but pure fruits and vegetables is always there. Right, right, right. It's, um, again, it, it kind of goes back to who's in front of you, who you're talking to. So people's cultural backgrounds, their familiarity with, with foods that are comforting to them, foods that are healthy to them. Everybody has a different idea of health, everybody's health journey is different. And, um, you know, plant-based diet is as much as you put into it. We're still evolving. We're, we're at a time, an unprecedented, unprecedented time in history where the manufacturing of whole food plant-based products is astounding. The flavor profiles, the textures, I work in plant-based product development, and you really can experience a wonderful um, flavor with with these types of foods and they're not only delicious but they they improve your health and the only way that people are going to know that is if they experience it for themselves people tend to they won't break a bad habit bad habits unfortunately tend to be pleasurable unfortunately that's why they're so hard to break like smoking vices drinking um eating sugar uh, you know bad practices eating eating foods that, that are toxic to the environment you need to replace these things with things that are pleasurable or you'll never do it. And it's, it's literally breaking that mindset. And um, you, you just have to want to do it. Like you said, Jane, you didn't want to, no one was going to tell you to stop what you were doing. You knew it wasn't good for you, but you were, you were just ready to do it. That's unfortunately the way it is with changing your, your way of living, which is true. And um, people aren't going to do it unless they find it pleasurable, unless they really believe in what we're all saying here today. 
and no one can force me to believe that. But, but, but I'll tell you, it's the easiest time ever to eat this way. It's definitely easy. There's nothing difficult about making this type of food. And I hope that's what comes across with um, the types of uh, content that I produce and all of us produce, that, that you really can do this in a very easy way. Oh, yeah. And that it's fun. It's That's what I always say. I use the analogy of alcohol because it really makes a lot of sense. You know, when I first got sober, I thought, well, okay, I got I got I'm making a fool of myself. I've got to stop drinking. But then I thought I'll never go to a party again. I'll never karaoke again. I'll never do this again. And of course, I do all of those things, except I remember it now. So what I thought was going to be a terrible sacrifice wasn't a sacrifice at all. My uh, worst day sober is better than my best day drunk. And so I think it's the same with vegan food. People are so terrified of it because very powerful forces have tried to demonize it. They have this whole soy boy campaign trying to say that if you're a man and you eat soy, somehow you're effeminate. I mean, and the opposite is true. Isn't that true, Jamie Logan? Absolutely. Function. Definitely. Yeah. It's um it's one of those things where the dairy, meat, and egg industries will put out they'll put billions and billions of dollars into trying to confuse the public and and sell products that are bad for your health, bad for the environment, and bad for animals. And uh, we are up against a billion, billion dollar industry. And so I think that in terms of your soy boy analogy, it's kind of funny because when you're drinking cow's milk, you're actually drinking hormones and secretions from a lactating female with actual estrogen in it. And soy is really healthy for us. It doesn't cause man boobs. I promise you, if soy caused boobs, I would have double D's by now. So (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately it doesn't, but you know, I think that uh, we just have to keep educating and unlearning some of these things that we've been told and taught and help people do the same. And I think that there's one way to advocate, which is kind of like what I do through questioning. And I'm stern and direct, but also I'm not disrespectful. So I don't go around yelling at people's faces and calling them names, but I'm also not you know, just giving in to them consuming animal products either. So I think that there's a fine line and a balance that we have to take. And we each, each of us as activists, as activists, we need to use our own personalities and our own approach because the way that I advocate is going to be very different than the way you advocate, Jane, or the way that Dorit advocate, you know? So I think that we really need to just continue to try different approaches and be ourselves. And in the process, keep the end goal in mind, which is the animals and to uh, when we keep them in mind, we will ultimately be kind and compassionate because that's where our heart lies. And uh, so I think that there's many different ways to advocate and just to be yourself, kind of just to reiterate that. Yeah. And I mean, there are so many different reasons. We've talked about the fact that uh, a vegan plant-based diet, if the word vegan scares you, a plant-based diet um, reduces your emissions uh, input your footprint by 75%. And yes, somebody just said they're scared of the word vegan and it's just a word. I don't care about a word. If we never use the word vegan again, I um, uh, could care less. Let's use plant-based. Let's use eat plants. It's a question of trying to get people to see that there is a solution. And, you know, when it comes to alcohol, using that analogy or metaphor, you you have to hit bottom. Okay, I had to hit bottom. My bottom was at a 
party in West Hollywood where I made a complete ass of myself. I was drinking tequila. I blacked out. Um, I kicked the host down the staircase. I was carried <laughs> out over um, a shoulder. And the next day I, I realized, I said, you know, I've hit bottom. Like that can't happen again. Well, how about hitting bottom on what we're all going through? I mean, we are in a climate crisis now. The entire world, the fires in Greece, the fires here in Southern California, and it affects migration. There is going to be increasingly um, a huge swath of our planet that will be uninhabitable. The, the temperatures will be too extreme and people will be migrating primarily north. You've got that crisis. You've got the environmental crisis. You've got the habitat destruction crisis, the wildlife extinction crisis. And then, Dorit, there's the human world hunger crisis. Um, right now, there are literally millions of people, including children, dying of starvation and malnutrition because we humans are feeding a massive percentage of the food we grow to 80 billion land animals and fish that we kill. Okay. That food could go directly to people and help feed starving children. Do you bring that up when you discuss this, Dorit? Well, it depends with whom I'm speaking, because I'm very conscious of my audience and with whom I'm speaking. I think what's most important, when, when people say meet people where they are, I meet people who are in pain. When your mental health and your physical body is yelling and screaming at you and you see that you have issues and problems and no amount of medication slash cut and burn is addressing it, then you need to think, what am I doing in my own life that's addressing it? When we eat a what I call slaughterhouse cuisine, we are taking on the massacre. That is what we are eating. We're taking on all of the pain and all of the torture and the torment. So... When we feel tormented and we feel anxious all the time and we feel like we're, no matter what we do, we're exhausted and tired and drained, we need to look at what we're doing by putting things in our bodies where we have to actually torture and kill and drain out blood first in order to eat, which you don't have to do in order to eat. And Emic, one of the, our listeners just now, just said, we need to start planting trees. All these corporations are putting so much money into fighting the non-dairy industry, the plant-based dairy industry, and putting so much money into saying we can't use the word cheese and things like that. If they put the money into just planting trees, especially fruit trees, it would make an enormous difference on a very quick level and for generations to come. Because in truth, we needed to have started planting trees 20 years ago if we wanted to really be in a situation right now where we can get out of this. But the second best time is to start planting right now. Well, yeah. And again, we're in a climate crisis. So when people say, and they just said it to you yesterday, Jamie, we were out covering some stories and you were doing your street corner interviews and they said, well, it's a personal choice. And you know what I say to that, it's, it's not just a personal choice. Everything we do from the moment we wake up is a personal choice. Whether to brush our teeth, whether to have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, um, it's all a personal choice. But when there are consequences to other people and to the planet and to animals, it's not just a personal choice. Um, it'd be one thing, even the obesity crisis, 
It's not a personal choice because our tax dollars are paying for all the stent operations. And a huge percentage of our budget goes to the healthcare system, which is a complete wreck uh, because people are so sick. But here's the truth. The doctors don't get a lot of education and nutrition. So once you get that high cholesterol, once you get the diabetes, once you get the heart disease, they've got uh, their techniques for medicating it. But what about not getting heart disease in the first place? What about not getting um, a stroke in the first place? They're not set up to deal with that. And, and I just want to get a round robin from everybody. We've only got a couple of minutes left. I mean, yes, I do agree. Meet everybody where they're at. But we're in a crisis that's affecting all of us. The truth is, if this planet becomes too hot to support life... We're going to go extinct, just like the dinosaurs. I think as a species, our species is so arrogant that we, we just think, well, we couldn't go extinct. Oh, they'll figure it out. But no, uh, nature is, is more powerful than we are. Uh, Laura. So what is the question? Is it how do you approach the multifaceted emergencies that we're all dealing with and how the plant-based lifestyle can address um, really helping with those issues? Is, is that the question? or? Yeah. I mean, essentially, we want to meet people where they're at. We want to be kind and calm. But it, as people have used the analogy, if you're running into a burning building and trying to get somebody out of their house before it goes up in flames, all right, um, you, right. you can't just talk to them in a very quiet manner. You might right. have to say, wake up, get out. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it it ha again it has there's so many issues that that cause concern. You know, there's animal welfare, there's climate, there's um, you know what the government hides, the, you know the misinformation, so to speak. I, I think when when these topics come up like climate change, there's a lot of information going back and forth that supports both sides, and I think it's both sides meaning the side that says what we're doing with our food and farming. And um, you know, consumption is is affecting the carbon in, in the air, is affecting the environment, the the, so the the breakdown of the environment through our con consumption of animal products. And unfortunately, the the dialogue between both sides of this argument are so complex that I think a lot of people are genuinely confused. So when someone um, takes a very um, unconcentrated approach to defend veganism. Or plant-based eating, or the plant-based lifestyle, it can it can be um, hard to promote that with when you're in an argument um, if the other person isn't educated. So, again, I think it, you you really do need to educate yourself on both sides of, of these issues. It, it really starts with that. I think I struggle with trying to follow all these issues. They change seemingly daily. The 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 shock value of what's what's broadcast is is daily, and keeping up with it is a chore. So I try to be patient. I try to take each situation as it comes. And if I'm confronted with, with a heightened situation, then, you know, it takes more energy. It takes more focus. And you really need to know what you're talking about. I, I would rather not say anything unless I really know what I'm talking about. And um, that's my approach. And I think it's, I honestly think it's very valuable. We can't, we need to have different approaches. What I'm getting out of this conversation is, Pe different people react to different stimuli. 
Some people want to be, they can handle that confrontation. Like, Jamie, you're a New Yorker. I'm a New Yorker. We are like, hey, out of my way. Other people are, can't handle that. So it backfires. So I think it's really important to assess who we're dealing with. But what I would say is there's too many people and not enough time to talk to everybody individually. That's why all the shows that you're doing are so important to reach the vast majority of people and to get out of the vegan echo chamber. Yes, of course, we need the support of the vegan community on Shane TV, but we want non-vegans, pre-vegans to, to watch this content and take away what they need to at least start transitioning. It is for most people a process, not an event. Um, do you find that with uh, raw food, Dorit, that it's a process that they just start eating more fruits and then it there's a moment where they cross over? Yes, and there's a moment when they realize, oh my gosh, I went through an entire day today didn't have coffee, didn't feel sick, didn't feel tired. And for the first time in my life, I felt joyous. Or I didn't dread having to go to bed and staying up all night without being able to sleep. And I think, Jane, what we need to do, and it all comes down to this, is that when we come to a place within ourselves, where we start looking at the consequences of her action. That's when we begin to realize that we have the power to make the choice and to change and not just keep getting programmed all the time and doing as we're told, eating as we're told, celebrating what we're told. We need to take our powers back and realize that we have a choice in this and the consequences of our action will follow us. So when we leave this earth, do we leave a large footprint for other generations to come and clean up or do we leave the place a little bit more healing? and healed than we found it. Well, it's a great way to end. Unfortunately, we are completely out of time. Everybody loved the show. We got so many comments. Um, keep doing what you're doing, ladies. Watch Unchained TV, watch their shows. And um, if you've got a show in you, contact Unchained TV. We'll put you on. See you next time here on Voice America Radio. Thank you for tuning in to Unchained TV. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.